When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the How To Money podcast, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. My name's Kate and I'm your host and I'm here today with Susan, my co-host, and we're going to discuss the basics of managed funds. Now, before we get started, I just want to remind you that everything we cover in our podcast is financial education only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want some personal advice, please make your own inquiries and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. So, Susan, I'll start with the big question. What is a managed fund? A managed fund is a pool group of investments that is managed by professionals, investment professionals, who decide on where to invest your money. So that's the overall definition. And from there, we have many different types of managed funds available in Australia and, of course, overseas. Now, why might a young person be interested in learning about and potentially investing in managed funds? Well, there's many reasons someone might like to look at managed funds and especially a young person setting out on their investment journey. Because they are managed by professionals, they are taking some of the work on their shoulders. So they are researching which shares or which investments to um, put your money in. They are putting the work into diversification, and we've talked about that before, how important it is to diversify so you just don't buy one share. They may be allowing uh, your money to work in other areas that you personally have no expertise. So they might be moving into bonds or overseas equities or um, what we call alternative assets, things that are not readily available for people like startup companies and things like that. So there's many varieties in managed funds and you are paying experts Mm -hmm. to manage your money for you. So the investment manager. Yeah, the investment manager. And of course, there's a fee for that because they earn a living and you have to decide whether it's their effort is worth you paying a fee or often called an MER management expense ratio and they'll tell you what that is or uh, the other thing managed funds do they might have a benchmark a return Mm. maybe it's beating the Australian Stock Exchange or ordinaries or 200 top 200 and they will take a fee maybe a 10 percent 20 performance fees performance fees so many vary there is not a rule on that but it should be very clear in the perspective or the website 
or ring them up and ask mm. if you can't find it. You know, what yeah. are my fees and charges? And they have to disclose these, all yes. the fees that they're they going to charge. They have to disclose it. it. Maybe you can't find them, but they'll be there <laughs> somewhere. So please yes. ask them. They shouldn't be at all, you know, hesitant. I'm sure to some tell people you. try and hide fees in their yeah, website. Maybe, but managed funds are pretty well established now. Mm. And if you're an investor and suddenly you found very unusual fees or unexpected fees, most managed funds you can take your money out straight away or by mm. the end of the week or three days or something like that. But again, it's it definitely be worth checking because I know some I've heard of before take a <laughs> you can only withdraw quarterly or things like yep, that. So. Or even after, only until it's quite heavy withdrawal fees until the first three years or mm. five years. But when you're a new investor, you know, perhaps you're looking for a fund that's a bit more flexible. You can mm. get in more liquidity as well. More liquid, but you can get in and out. So there's no sort of big penalties because mm. When you're young, you, you don't have a lot of spare cash and you might suddenly need that cash. Your car breaks down, you get thrown out of home, whatever happens, and you don't want all your money tied up. Mm. So there are all those questions to ask when you're looking yeah, at Yeah, and there may funds. be um, buy-sell fees. So yes, the in, spread. They're definitely another sell. sort of fee you should be looking at because um, there can be a lot more fees associated with managed funds than some other investment products yeah. out there. So what, what could a managed fund be invested in? There's, there's so much out there that you yes. could invest in. And Australia has a massive range of, of managed funds. We're really mm. leading the world in some of those. Um, so they can be very, very select. They might be in only biosciences. It might only be in health. It might only be in in some computer software. So mm. you could be very narrow or you might be a managed fund that invests in the top 200 companies yeah. listed in Australia or invest in retail property or commercial property or invest in agriculture. Yeah. Um, and I've mentioned you can also then get ones that invest overseas in a range of, of you know, any type of asset when you start looking overseas they can be in European shares or just in English shit. You and know. then you get hedge funds and, and then people you get hedge funds to... and ones that are currency hedged and non-currency hedged and all sorts of things. But let's just, just focus on the Australian market, <laughs> I think, before we get too carried away. Now, focusing on the fees for these managed funds a bit more, um, I can always, I can see there's quite a bit of difference between active and passive management. So what's what's the difference between those two styles of management? Okay. Well, traditionally, uh, our managed funds were active. So you're paying this professional, they're doing the research and they're choosing maybe select shares, uh, select property. Um, so select that takes bonds. quite a lot of time and effort yeah. and a few analysts to actually yep. do that. analysts, you're paying for their research, their education, their skills to say, I'm going to buy this particular share and how much of that particular share and are they going to buy just 20 or 200 different shares. So that's that's work, that's effort, and often they're saying, well, we'll outperform the market or outperform a benchmark. Mm. So they're called active fund managers. And because there may be more of them because they have greater skills, they're often the ones that will charge that mm. over and above a benchmark. And they, they probably think they've got some sort of skill or expertise mm -hmm. or industry knowledge that can give them the ability yep. to yep. So over they might a long employ time. PhDs in 
who in chemistry who you hear about some of the interesting u.s sort of yeah. hedge funds and that yep. use a lot of uh, very mathematical and yep, strategies. They yep, they might be using um, charting type techniques, but a lot of them in Australia do a mm. lot of research. So you and value investing as well. People who've got skills in a very unique industry. Mm. But then the the passive manager, which has grown up quite a lot in the last five, ten years, are ones that follow an index. So they might say, well, this fund invests in the top 50 and that index is weighted depending how big the companies are mm. so when we talk about the top 50 them from four five major banks Coles and Woolworths Telstra all those big household names so they would follow that index so they're not making the decisions they're following mm. the index so that's why they're called passive and usually with the passive funds you usually your difference between your performance and the index is usually the fees. Yes, so and the fees are a lot less because they're not having to mm. do endless research and, and employing specialists and things like that. And it can be a computer-based algorithm that's mm. so if that company gets bigger, they buy more of that. If that company drops out of the top 50 and a new one comes in, they build up their holding of that company. Mm. So you'll see a lot of active um, and passive. So again, it's a really important question to ask yourself. Do you want to just follow the index? And again, there can be many indexes. So it's not just one. It can be, like I mentioned, the 50, top 200. It could be the all-ords. It could be a retail index. It could be a health index, telecommunications index, utilities, financial. There's a lot of index. And if you want to look at those, have a look at the ASX website and it'll list the indexes and go into more detail, you'll see which shares actually make up that index. Hmm. So what what's the difference between listed and unlisted managed funds? Okay, and that's another group as well. So a listed in general, if we talk listed in this market, we talk about something listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. Yep. So a lot of these funds may have started as unlisted, i.e. not listed on the Stock Exchange, and then they list. They might grow, want to grow, they feel they've got the expertise, and they become listed. So... When you buy the share, it, buy a unit, you're in fact buying a share in the listed company. Mm. And there's some very well-established listed fund mm. managers. Some been around Australia. for a very long time. Very long time. And they're usually active fund managers, mm. usually active fund managers. Um, and some of them specialise in giving you dividends, frank dividends. So people mm. go, oh, I, I want frank dividends. So they will, you know, they might even say, look, for the last 50 years, we've given you a frank dividend or whatever it is. Mm. Sorry, I think I, frank dividends haven't been around that long, but they've been paying dividends every six months or some yeah. of them are doing monthly dividends now or quarterly dividends. So, mm. And all these, these products have different sort of aims. Yep. The yep giving investors different um, benefits and returns mm. and uh, different purposes around mm. what they invest in. And again, if you're in the top 50, you've probably got more dividends. If you're maybe in a medical or a smaller cap type active manager, you've probably got less dividends, but it's more of what we call a growth stock. You're, you're looking to make money as the company grows mm. and they reinvest in themselves. So 
um, that's something again are, are you a person needing that sort of dividend or are you someone who says no I don't really need dividend I want to I, focus on growth at growth the so my money goes from $10,000 to $20,000 which is over at years. my age and my my focus is on uh, growth at the moment growth. but you might be looking at more yeah. income and then if you do need money don't forget if they are listed Mm. You can sell them like an ordinary share. You can yeah. buy them today and sell them tomorrow. Buy 10,000 units today and sell, you know, 100. Mm. So you can get income in that idea of, of selling when you need. Mm. And I think uh, with, with listed in funds, a key thing to note is that, that they might be trading at a premium or a discount ah, yes. to their value. Yes, but how do we determine the, the value? With their net asset value. Yes. The NAV. The NAV is known. Now, that's a really important uh, concept to understand. NAV, net asset value. So all it means in its broader sense is you add up. So this fund's gone out and brought, let's say, shares or, or property. You add up the current value of all those assets it owns. Uh, subtract any liabilities. Now, we haven't talked about that, but sometimes these funds also borrow to to increase the the investments so if it does have any borrowing subtract that and you're left with the asset value so let's say it's got 10 million dollars of shares if they have um and there could be a range of 20 different companies there today they're worth 10 million dollars if they've issued 10 million shares of themselves out there so the fund has issued shares then each one of those is worth one dollar. Mm. And then if their investments grow, all those uh, wonderful things they've invested in grow to, um, you know, twelve million dollars, then each of your shares are now worth a dollar twenty. So it's it's that is the simplest thing. I mean, they have to make adjustments for tax and fees and things like that but the net asset value. And the other good thing is the fund manager will issue some daily their net asset values some weekly but at least i think all of them issue monthly Mm. their net asset value and that will be so you can see how the fund is performing yes and some of them give you a little update this is the shares have done well this is what didn't do Mm. so well etc etc so the net asset value is very important so you want to buy Roughly where its net asset value yeah, is. As close to it as you can. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're in a fortunate position and it's trading at a discount. So mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it might be lack of marketing, as I've seen with some listed investment companies mm. out there. Mm. Um, it might just be people have found something more interesting yeah. to invest in. Maybe the performance wasn't as great that year. So people... Um, yeah, they had a bad year. People a bit hesitant. Are but selling they can actually at a lower... A discount yeah, to the next takes time and people are selling. Um, so I guess that's that's a little bit different. So unlisted funds, you're usually buying in mm-hmm. roughly at the, the price of the NAV. Yes. Um, but there's often a buy-sell spread. with Buy-sell spread. And unlisted funds mean they're not traded. You can go to the website. They'll tell you mm. how to buy them. They usually issue Usually you have to fill in a bit more paperwork. Paperwork, product disclosure um, statement. Or... They might have to do ID verification, those sort of things, because usually your um, broker would have already done that. Yeah. So they're issuing new units, we call them that time. They're not shares. They're units in the fund. They still do their net asset value. And mm. then when they issue you units, 
they collect the money from you and that goes to that managed fund to buy more product. Yeah. So they, they you invest $1,000, they take all those people investing for the day or the week and then go and buy more of their investment. Um, so it depends. It can grow as more people come in. And, of course, if everyone starts taking their money out, their mm. risk is that then they have to sell those investments. So if any reason there's a scare in the market, a political, whatever, economic scare, anyone says, oh, I want my money back. Mm. If you're unlisted, you have to buy those units back. And, of course, it might force you to sell when things are down. Yeah. So that has got people caught. And that's definitely worth reading in the PDS, whether mm. they have rules about freezing redemptions mm. if they receive a lot. And that happens again and again with, with property, unlisted property, because property is hard to sell. And if a lot of people want their money back in a hurry, you can't suddenly sell a commercial office block within mm. two days. So they're often ones that can freeze or the maximum you're allowed to get is a quarter of your money back every three months and rules mm. like that can and be triggered. unlisted um, managed funds often have a minimum investment amount. So mm. that may or may not make them more attractive to yes. someone starting out. and they out. can, of course, freeze. Or once yeah. you're in, you know, we talked about that minimum must be in for three yeah. years and things like that, all these heavy penalties to withdraw early. Yeah, I've seen a few actually unlisted managed funds lowering their minimum investment amount if you're willing to set up a regular contribution plan. Yes. So yes. Um, I personally do that for one of my investments and I, I find that a good way to just slowly grow it by adding a little bit of my money each month. Yeah, and some of them want $100 now. Mm. You know, they can be very low amounts yeah. on a regular basis, which you don't notice too much. All of me comes out of your bank account every month. And it works for them as well because they've got more uh, And they know exactly, yes, what's coming in every month. They can plan. And also you you can average in because that net asset value is going to keep changing. And if the market's going down, okay, you can Mm. buy units when the market's down as well as buying the units when the market's up. Rather than trying to time it, which yeah. uh, most people can't do. No, right. no. In, in the long term, if you're looking at this long-term investment, whether you buy it today, tomorrow, mm. it's up or down 5 or 10%, that doesn't matter over the long term. Mm. And you definitely, when researching a potential managed investment you might be interested, you want to really look at um, returns over a maybe a 5 to 10-year period. Mm. Maybe they haven't been running that long, but often they might have a really good year than a really bad year. So you want to look more than just the past year. Yes. So there's that whether you look at, oh, the next three months, how did they go? Mm. Or you're prepared to to hold and, and sit back. And I went to a very interesting talk by a managed fund and they said, unless you're prepared to really leave your money with us for five years, we don't want your money And that was a really interesting way of thinking of it because they said, we want to invest in firms for a long time and we can't do that if you keep asking for your money back. Yeah. And we don't think that we can promise you a good return unless you're prepared to have five years Mm. because every three years you can have a down year. So um, if you're in in a rush to grow it in a year, it may be a good year or it could be that bad year yes, yeah, and you yeah, might not get lucky you might go and then mm. you'll get cross with them and go oh i've lost 10 percent yeah um, and also looking over a longer performance so the five to two year 
five to ten year performance, you can actually see how the funds performed over different cycles of the market and with different fund managers because sometimes you get one superstar fund manager and uh, if if they leave and go on to something else, then the fund performance might leave with them so yes. uh, it's definitely worth making sure that they've got a few investment managers yeah, and, and we, we have no it. idea how how long yeah. those particular people will stay with sort of that firm. key person risk yeah so, so often nowadays one of the things you might look at if you um looking a bit more deeply in those smaller boutique mm. companies not not the really big funds but the smaller ones how much the managers actually own so a lot mm. of those smaller ones and, the and are they investing ones, alongside everybody they're else. investing so they might say you know we actually have 20 percent of the units are belonged by our own staff or by the owners it might be sort of partnership of four or five people who are the investment managers who put all their money back in because mm. if they're managing it for themselves they've expanded that business to to then allow other people in so the the type of ownership is a really important thing to to look at to to see whether they're going to be around for a long while or they're just it's just a job to them and they'll be moving to the next hmm. um yeah so there's place. there's certainly a lot of things to consider when investing in managed funds but definitely start doing some research and if you are interested in one read the product disclosure statement and even give them a call. Or yeah, most send them of them are very and... happy to talk to you. Mm. Um, and they, you know, most of them will say, look, you know, if you've only got $1,000, we're not the firm. Mm. You know, they might recommend someone who, mm. who takes smaller amounts or takes regular, um, a small, but on a, then you can do that $100 or yeah. whatever. And even if they might be happy to talk to you about their investment philosophy and how they actually mm. decide what to invest your money in. Mm. Because it's not worth them to be you being there for three months and then mm. want your money back because it's all too costly. So the, most of them are looking for people who are in there and will stay with them for a mm. time. And also the other thing, you can do dividend reinvestments. So mm. as they do a distribution, you can reinvest. So if it's listed, reinvest in and i.e. get more shares. Or if it's unlisted, you can get more units. So the mm. unlisted ones we usually call units as opposed to shares. Yeah. And and it's worth having a look at some of the comparison sites um, to have yeah. a look at the top performing funds over a longer term and their fees because that's just as important to consider. Yes. So so if you hear the, hear the term LIC, I don't think we mentioned that yet, is it? No. So LIC, L-I-C, which stands for? Listed Investment Company. Listed Investment Company. So what do we know if it means listed? It's on the Australian Stock Exchange. Yes. So, again, if you go to the website and you put in LIC or listed investment companies, it actually gives you a list mm. of all those ones. So, if you're not sure, oh, is this company a listed, you know, this one of these listed funds, they're there. So, mm. you can see the listed investment company. And as I said, some of them have been around for quite a long time. So, you, you can click through to the website and see their history which may give you some assurance. Mm. And we're certainly going to explore um, LICs in detail more in a future episode. So remember, just because they're a managed fund, you know, active or passive, passive we assume will track the market. But if they're a managed fund, they can have good years, but they can have bad years. So remember, there's no guarantee on their performance. They don't want to have bad years, but things can happen. Um, They're not immune to mistakes like all of us or mm. stuff ups or even a bit of a 
operational disaster in NEFA. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. So if you did enjoy the episode, please leave us a review and catch us on Twitter at How to Money Australia. You've been listening to the How to Money podcast.